it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Oh, yeah. It's time for another one, Johnny McGonigal. The Blue White Breakdown, as we get deeper into February, uh, a lot to talk about. March is almost here. I'm Bob Flounders. Obviously, Johnny uh, joins me. I think a lot of interesting things to talk to. I mean, March is going to be... Uh, a really interesting month for Penn State's football program with the start of spring drills. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot with the scouting combine where Penn State's going to have hopefully seven guys in at. But that's March. This is February. And I just think the last week or so has been kind of interesting. A lot of really interesting things happening with Penn State football. I wanted to start with you, Johnny, and just get your reaction to it's not a surprise. Pat Kraft has talked about it for a while, but he wants to do something to kind of you know, extend the life of Beaver Stadium, right? Um, it, it is maybe one of the most iconic venues, not just in college football, in, in sports in general. I mean, it, there's nothing quite like that experience. You know it well, but I think late last week there was an announcement that they are definitely committed to renovating it with an effort to get it up to speed, uh, but also to, I think, the, I think the long-term plan is also, they want it to be more than just the home of Penn State football, but I'm glad to see it. I think I think the uh, the alumni are probably pretty excited about it. What was your reaction to it? And I know it probably wasn't too big of a surprise. No, Bob, I don't think it was a surprise in terms of the direction that they are seemingly going. Nothing is official yet. They still need you know, approval on all these kind of things and you know proposals and all that stuff. But for them to come out with a statement uh, from uh, the president, you know, of the university. To, to announce that they're going in the direction that they're going, which is that they're going to renovate Beaver Stadium and not, you know, tear it down and, and build a new um, <laughs> one. It makes sense to it's kind of what I, I expected. I'm sure that's what you expected as well. And, you know, I, I just go back to when we were talking to Pat Kraft. This was before the Rose Bowl um, a couple of weeks or a few weeks before uh, they went out to L.A. And he was asked about Beaver Stadium and he talked about the history and walking around not only the stadium pregame, you know, but to, you know, talking to fans and going throughout the tailgate lots. And, you know, we've done this before. Everyone who has ever been to Beaver Stadium before knows that feeling of everyone congregating around the stadium before the game, the tailgates, the the atmosphere. And, you know, for them to go ahead and build a new stadium and it, it just never seemed like it was the the right fit for the fan base, for the university, for the program. So yeah, not surprised. Uh, but you know, I think in the press release, they, they called it a multi-year journey ahead <laughs> and yeah, multi, it's going to be, it's going to be a while because you don't just, you don't renovate a building 
uh, this old, uh, frankly, uh, overnight. It's not something that can get done in an offseason. Uh, it's not something that can get done in one or two years. So this is going to be a drawn-out thing. This is going to be a very deliberate and methodical process uh, and one that is still ongoing. But not surprised to see this is the direction that they're headed. Yeah, and I thought you mentioned you mentioned um, Pat Kraft and that, that news conference he had. If you really think about it, he made one of the points he made that I don't think a lot of like the, the the fan base considered. I know I didn't even consider it is if you were going to move on from Beaver Stadium and tear it down and, and construct a new stadium, you can't construct a hundred thousand seat stadium. Like it just can't. It would be. It would never be the same. It would always. It was always going to be. You just. You just can't do that. You can't. You can't get a building that big together. So if it ever got to the point where Beaver Stadium, you know, was not really ready for, you know, stay there for a game. I mean, it just was not going to look anything like the old Beaver Stadium. So that's one of the reasons, like he pointed that out. I was like, you know, you're right. Who in their right mind is going to construct a hundred thousand seat stadium? So that, I think that's good news. I just have a question for you. So once they get the, the ball rolling on this, you know, everyone assumes like, you know, hey, it'd be a great a great spot for, you know, you could host more sporting events. It wouldn't be just be Penn State football. Some, but it, it, I think it would also be a really if they get it up to code and up to speed, it would be really a neat place to go see a concert if they did it right. And I know that would be probably something that would be up your alley. Right. You you wouldn't mind going up there to see a couple of your favorite groups. So how long do you think it will take? And if that ever became possible for you to take in a concert? At Beaver Stadium, I think he would go. Give me, give me Taylor Swift at Beaver Stadium. Please. I was just asking your top three groups you would want to see at Beaver Stadium, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to push the envelope. Taylor Swift is up there. No, that 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 thing would sell out quicker than than any than any other concert she's done. Um, no, they they had the one concert there a few years ago. I think it was Blake Shelton. I don't know how well that did, or you know, I, I wasn't there for it, so I'm not sure uh, how it all panned out, but. I think the other thing, too, is, you know, again, just making more use out of this stadium than seven Saturdays, excuse me, eight, you know, given the um, the blue white game as well. More pressing than concerts or other sporting events, because I'm sure they would love to have a winter classic there. You know, if you had Penn's Flyers, if you had uh, you know, going back to when I was covering Penn State prior to leaving the beat a few years ago. Every time we had an availability with Sandy Barber, I would be the one that would ask her, hey, uh, any chance to get a soccer game in here? Because that'd be pretty cool. Um, you know, seeing I think it was Real Madrid and Manchester United had a game um, a while back at Michigan Stadium, and that was uh, sold out and, and looked like a really cool atmosphere. Uh, so I've, I've always wanted to see, you know, hey, what would a U.S. men's national team game uh, at Beaver Stadium look like or whatever? But anyway. More pressing than that is the college football playoff because the expansion is coming sooner than maybe not sooner than people would think, but sooner than than previously anticipated. Uh, the 2024 season is when it'll expand to 12 teams, and you're looking at on-campus games uh, in the first round. And uh, you know, Penn State could very well be in a situation where they're hosting a college football playoff game in December. You know, depending on how they work the schedule and everything, and is Beaver Stadium up to that are they up to that standard are they able to do it with you know something as simple as sewage you know is that is that possible and you know pat Graff was asked about this we mentioned him talking about you know before the rose bowl he was asked you know and, and stated like hey you know this is not gonna be an issue like we will make sure that beaver stadium is ready for a potential playoff game in a couple of years but that's what that i feel like that is a driving factor in getting these discussions going you know, Pat Kraft coming in as AD and, and really getting after him and, and uh, President Benaputi as well. It feels like it's been a driving force of like, hey, you know, this is a, this is a program that has proven 
that if there was a 12 team playoff over the last however many years, this would be a team that is in it. Uh, and we have to be prepared for that. And so I think that's the really that's the biggest thing, uh, aside from just long term uh, you know, security, long-term stability of the building and, and keeping people uh, coming to games, you know, with attendance issues uh, across the country. Uh, Penn State hasn't shown that as much, but yeah, the playoff is a driving factor in this. Instead of eight Penn State football availabilities with the blue-white game, it could be nine or 10 in a couple of years. And I know the fan base would be stoked for that, but, but between like hockey, soccer, concerts, you know, 10 Penn State football availabilities, that's that's that to me is definitely worth what they're doing right now. And I, I just think that I think it was probably a long time overdue, a long time coming. I'm glad I'm glad they're seeing this correctly with an eye towards it. Hopefully it doesn't take too long. But like you said, it, Johnny, it's not going to be anything that's going to happen in the next, you know, half of a year or a year and a half. It's going to take a little while. But at least they at least the process has started. And the fact that Penn State came out with that statement means there's very little question. They're going to get this done. So I think that's really good news if you're a Penn State Football fan, and uh, we'll just see how this plays out. Bob, I am I am looking forward to a renovated press box. <laughs> I can't wait. Every time one of us mentions the press box, I feel like the fans are like, "Who cares?" Oh yeah, I, no one cares. No one should care. I just don't want to put any more gasoline on the Penn State football beat fire. But you're right; it would be it would be it would be nice. We'll see we'll see how that goes. But I just want to. I'm glad they're they're addressing it because I do think. Trying to keep Beaver Stadium as it, you know, the name Beaver Stadium and the venue as long as they possibly can. I just think that it's uh, it's, it's definitely a destination, I think, um, as much as Penn State football, I think, and the fan base loves it. I think there are a lot of fans naturally that's on their bucket list if, Penn, if they ever get a chance to go to Beaver Stadium just to see it. Just one of those things that you, you have. This, it's like the third largest city or you know, one of the largest cities in Pennsylvania won it on a game day between the uh, overflow crowd that's tailgating people there. It's just, and it, it's in a very small area and you see this thing and it's just, you can't believe you're seeing it. So hopefully, hopefully this gets off, gets off the ground quickly, but uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad they're doing it. Let's switch gears to just a couple of things before maybe we talk about a position group or two going into spring, but just get your take on, you wrote a story about it. The football season really hasn't ended yet. If you're a diehard, the XFL <laughs> I think kicked off over the weekend. Uh, it's always seems like there's a new iteration of it every year. Uh, God bless them for trying, but I didn't realize until I looked at your story. There's a lot. There's a lot of really talented former Penn State players in the XFL, and it. it I you know it actually surprised me that one or two of these guys aren't you know aren't on NFL rosters. I thought they were that good, but you know there's a handful of guys real that really were good Penn State players. They're not that old that they're giving it. They're giving it their best shot at the XFL. This is the one with the rock. I think isn't the rock like the face of the XFL. Now, what do you make of the current group of Penn state players? And could you, could you see one of that? I mean, I'm sure a couple of them might get invited to a camp, but do you think there's any chance we can go through a couple of names, any chance, any of these guys might make their way back to an NFL team? Yeah, I think so. And I think it just, you're looking at these players and you're seeing some of these names and you're like, wow, like, it's kind of a it's kind of a you know, reality check of how difficult it is to not only stick the NFL but more importantly to stick. And then you look at guys like a Nick Scott or a Grant Haley or you know Cam Brown, and you're thinking like, okay, like these guys weren't drafted incredibly high, but for them to to stick in the NFL, credit to them. And I do think that some of their former teammates who are in the XFL now will you know they'll get a, a shot, whether it's in a camp or whatever. Um, you look at a Michael Mennett, you know, who was uh, an All Big Ten center. 
for Penn State, you know, Exeter Township kid. And, uh, you know, look, he was drafted in the seventh round. The Cardinals didn't didn't work out. Right. And, you know, he has an opportunity now as a member of the Seattle Sea Dragons. I, I will say some of these names are just like <laughs> it, it feels like uh, I don't know. This might be this might be showing my age, Bob, but like playing backyard baseball or backyard football. And like the the whatever the the wombats the sea dragons like some of these names are like you know I kind of need their jersey I, I kind of need all of these uh, or hats or whatever um, they sound like kind of double A minor league teams uh, like the, the the biscuits and all them anyway uh, Sharif Miller is another one where I, you know, on the roster uh, for his team like he's listed as a safety as a defensive back, which I think is, you know, very interesting for a guy who may be a little undersized uh, as a defensive end, but I thought he was a really good player for Penn state, 13 all big 10 selection. And, and, you know, coming from Philly, you know, I always thought that he played well, uh, Robert Windsor as well, who, who retired medically uh, after, you know, latching on with the Colts. And uh, he, you know, he announced uh, that he, he had retired due to like hip and groin injuries, but he's back now on the field. Um, so yeah, it's you know a lot of a lot of redemption stories. A lot of guys who you know they had had a shot in, in the league and, and weren't able to stick. But that's part of the reason why these leagues are, are popping up. You know, not only do people crave football and want football in February and March, but uh, it's an opportunity for these guys to get back to the league and, and keep playing too. Because a lot of them, you know, I shouldn't say a lot of them. Maybe some of them are just like you know I, I have other job. I, I, have, I have something else I'm doing, but I just like playing football and I want to keep you know, keep this dream alive and keep this, uh, keep giving myself a shot here. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be intriguing to see if some of these guys get that. Yeah. Johnny, I'm going to have to watch a game now that you just told me Sharif Miller is listed as a defensive back. I could see like a linebacker maybe, but he was a long lanky defensive end that, you know, I think the Eagles took him in the fourth or fifth round. And I really thought, I, I thought maybe his best football was, was ahead of him. Um, he's a Philadelphia kid through and through, but if he, I don't know how much weight he had to lose to get the uh, defensive back. I don't know if it's a misprint, but I'm definitely going to check out one of his games just to, uh, just to see that. Ellis Brooks is another guy that it was a really, really, that last year he had in 2021 at middle linebacker for Penn State. Just a really, really good player. A guy who paid his dues to get on the field at Penn State. He's another guy I think that uh, uh, interests me as well. But we'll see with the XFL. You know, if, if, the, if it's a slow Sunday, I mean, I think that's when they're on. I'm, I'm definitely at least going to, I'm definitely at least going to try to watch some of those games. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's go to the high school level real quick for Penn State fans. I think a lot of Penn State fans in their 20s, 30s, and 40s can really identify with a guy on the 2012 Penn State team, Michael Mowdy, who is now reunited with one of his 2012 teammates at a Harrisburg-area high school, Trinity. Jordan Hill, who, who is from Steelton, played at Steel High, then played at Penn State, won a Super Bowl ring with the Seattle Seahawks, is the head coach of the Trinity Shamrocks. And lo and behold, I think, uh, I think Michael Mowdy, he is now going to be, I think, the assistant head coach or associate head coach at Trinity, which was not really known for football a couple of years ago, but they're getting a lot better. I just think it's fascinating to see those. I want to see those two on the sidelines together because that that would be appointment viewing for me. Absolutely. And one little through line here, too, for Penn, like the current Penn State football program, you know, Michael Maudy is, is really involved in uh, one of the NIL collectives uh, that Penn State uh, has, the Lions uh, Legacy Club. And so I'm sure – being in Harrisburg and not down in Louisiana, being closer uh, to state college might help them out with that. And, and in terms of establishing that and, you know, events and, you know, all these different kind of things that, that would go along with that. But no, it, it's just, it's cool to see, right. It's cool to see that, you know, two former teammates connect and stay connected and, and to now be on the coat, you know, on the sidelines together. We'll have to go to a game, Bob. We'll have to show up a, fr- a Friday night um, and, uh, and, and see what's what. And, uh, but no, it, and, and for him, like this is something that, uh, even when he was playing, obviously his leadership and everything that he brought to Penn State's program, especially in that 2020, or excuse me, the 2012 season, you could kind of see that he had coaching in his future if he wanted it, and he seemingly does. So, uh, no, it's just it's a cool story and uh, and one to keep an eye on. Yeah, Johnny, you're welcome. You're welcome to stay over in Harrisburg uh, at my place. I'll take you back to Shady McGrady's after the game. We can have a a good time. But I, I really do feel like you know Fridays are usually a tough deal for us to kind of shake free before a game, especially if it's an early kick uh, to get up to Penn State. But to see Trinity play with those two guys, it might it, it might have to happen because I those are two fascinating players. That whole 2012 team, I thought, was really a tight-knit group. I, I mean, just because of all they went through, really a bonding experience, not only for them, but for the alumni, the fan base. They really did a, a, a tremendous job in just keeping P- Penn State football together at a very difficult time. Bill O'Brien coached the team. I just think it's neat that more than a decade later, you're seeing these guys still kind of be together. Uh, And it's not just those two. I'm sure that a lot of those guys are going to be lifelong friends. But, yeah, the Trinity Shamrocks, that should be a pretty good coaching staff. And uh, Penn State fans, if you're from the Harrisburg area, I think you should if you're going to I think you might want to check out one of their games. I mean, I mean, it's only about 90 minutes away from State College, so I would make the trip. But that's good news. Mowdy and Mowdy and Jordan Hill back together. Sign me up. Johnny, let's move here on the Blue-White Breakdown. Uh, spring practice is probably less than a month away now. Um, I don't know when they're going to announce it, but we have a pretty good idea. Uh, we looked at some position groups going into spring. Let's talk about the linebackers. I don't think we talked about them yet. And boy, you look at that linebacker room, and, and it was only last offseason that James said, you know, we're not even really sure what we have when you look at all three linebacker spots. You know, you they they had Curtis Jacobs coming back. They had moved Sutherland really from safety. He was going to kind of play uh, in the box as well. They had two young players in the middle who had no playing experience really uh, in Tyler Elsden and Kobe King, Kalen King's 
uh, twin brother, by the middle of October was like, Phew, this is not a question mark anymore. This is a team strength. A lot of it had to do with a guy who wears number 11 at Penn State now, I think. But it also, there were, there were a couple other players that really took some major strides, including Johnny, including a walk-on who I know, I believe is now on scholarship. Yeah, Bob, absolutely. Yeah, Dom DeLuca is one that, you know, we, we sit in, in, sitting in the press box throughout the season last year. We're like, oh, yeah, he's 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 jumping out. He's making that play. I, I forget which game it was, but he had a pass breakup. And we're like, oh, Dom DeLuca showing up again. And really from week one until the end of the season, you know, he was he was a factor on, on the defense and special teams. And so uh, a der- deserving uh, scholarship for him. But you, know, you look at you look at what they bring back. You know, it's DeLuca. It's, you know, Abdul Carter is a big one. Curtis Jacobs for him to come back and not leave early for the NFL. I think it's huge for this unit, for this team, this defense, uh, Tyler Ellison, Kobe King. Uh, and then you have, you know, Keon Wiley, Tyrese uh, Mills as returners as well. And then the newcomers, you know, Tony Rojas, uh, Tamir uh, Robinson and Kavion Keys, who will be coming in and enrolling in the summer. The previous, the, the other two freshmen are already enrolled. They're already going through winter workouts and will be going through spring camp soon. And so I think it's an intriguing group because you lose Jonathan Sutherland, who's a, who is a leader on the you know defense and had, had a lot of experience. Uh, Jamari Button answers the portal, Charlie catcher no longer there. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's an interesting group because I think you really like what you have, uh, especially in Abdul and Curtis, but uh, yeah, I think Kobe King came on uh, strong as the season went along in, in the middle. And so I think you like what you have in your first team and then, the second team, though, there, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of snaps uh, to be claimed and, and won and earned there. Uh, so we'll see how spring camp works out. That's another it's a little one that it's like, OK, well, who's going to who's going to be taking snaps if and when Abdul is off the field or when Curtis is off the field? Because we don't expect them to leave the field much in 2023, barring injury or, uh, you know, or targeting suspension, uh, as Ab- Abdul knows you know, from the first game, unfortunately. Um, uh, I think the, the, the front three, though, that they have there, the, the first three. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and the guy, one of the January enrollees, you mentioned him, Rojas, um, I think one of the highest ranked players uh, in James Franklin's class. Uh, you can never say never. We just mentioned a lot of guys, the talented guys that are coming back. But when you look at what um, Abdul was able to do when he didn't even hit the practice field until August. But I just think that if a kid is if a kid's got talent, um, even at the linebacker position, I think Penn State does a great job of accelerating their development, even even in even in that first year. So a kid like Rojas is going to take part in spring drills. Johnny, what do you like about his game? Is it possible he could carve out a top six role, even though we just listed at least five or six guys that are coming back? But he might be just that talented of a kid. Yeah, I think he is. Um he was named the, uh, the All Met Player of the Year by uh, the Washington Post down there. It was a two-way star. You know, he was a stud running back as well as a linebacker. Uh, he has that intensity, the tenacity that I think you want in a Manny Diaz defense. I don't think there's any there's any shyness or any re- reservation uh, to play another true freshman. We saw them do it with Abdul Carver, and they not only did they play him, but they realized, hey, this kid is really good, and we need to mold our defense. You know, at least our linebacker group around him because they they had Curtis Jacobs play two positions to accommodate Abdul and get him on the field more and more uh, as the season progressed. And so they've shown that willingness uh, to play uh, true freshman. And I don't think, you know, that's going to go away even with expectations going into the 2023 season. Uh, 
higher than they were going into 2022. Um, I still think they're going to play their freshmen, and I, I think they're talented enough, you know, to play. I think Tamir Robinson is also just a, a super talented kid, and you know, rangy and, and can get after the quarterback. Um, we'll see what Kavion Keys has. I know that they were really happy to bring him in the fold after he was a. You know, he's verbally committed to North Carolina. And so to get down into the Virginia area, recruiting him and getting him out of there, you know, they got what I think, God, I think four of the top six Virginia uh, recruits in this class. And, you know, Tony Rojas is one of them. Also, anytime I say Tony Rojas, I think of uh, uh, Ted Lasso. Have you ever seen Ted Lasso? Bob? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> football is life. I think football is life for Tony Rojas. So uh, I would expect him to get on the field early. I think he's, he's a prime candidate to turn some heads uh, in spring ball and and get after it early. Yeah, and just one more thing. What we're really talking about, Johnny, when we're talking about all these freshmen just improving in leaps and bounds in their very first year, not even at, maybe not necessarily even as January enrollees. Micah Parsons, obviously another uh, true freshman <laughs> who they started at middle linebacker. To me, I still get blown away by the fact that I understand why they did it, but he was originally at middle linebacker to start as a January enrollee. Then he moved him. Uh, I think they moved him to Will. Uh, after that, and then, but it, you know, the the idea of him as a uh, just as a box linebacker to start his college career <laughs> and to see what he has morphed into in just a, a very short time with the Cowboys. But what we're really talking about, Johnny, is as James Franklin and his assistants continue to just recruit at a higher level and bring a, a higher caliber athlete onto campus, the transition is a lot easier. I think when when you're when you're dealing with high four stars or potential five stars, instead of, you know, low four star stars or maybe three stars, you get them on campus and they come from a solid uh, program. And if they enroll early in January and they get to rearrange their bodies physically, Penn State has a, a chance to get a longer look at them. And, and if, they, if they can simpl- simplify the scheme by the time the fall rolls around, I mean, absolutely. They, they're probably only going to be at Penn State for three years, four years tops. So why not get them out on the field? Yeah, I, I think they were they made that pretty clear uh, in 2022 with the way that they you know they wanted to redshirt certain guys. I'm sure they would have loved to redshirt Drew Shelton. You know, in an ideal world, Olu Fashion doesn't get hurt. Uh, you get Shelton into four games and you keep his redshirt. I'm sure they would have loved to do that. Uh, that was a scenario where they had to play him and he was comfortable playing. But across the board, for the most part, you know, if you're talented enough, you're and you're coming to Penn State. You're going to have a chance to play. I do think that it, it'll be harder in 2023 for true freshmen to break in because you had such success with the, the true freshmen last season uh, that those guys will you know all be back and and all be uh, a key part in this uh, in this resurgence uh, into into what they expect and hope for in this 2023 season. It's you know it's going to be hard for Cameron Wallace and London Montgomery to see the field at running back right with Nick Singleton, Etron Allen already pretty established. But they're, they've shown the willingness to do that, to, to play those guys early. And so, uh, yeah, I think Tony Rojas is one to keep an eye on. Tamir Robinson, again, is, is another one as well. At linebacker, uh, specifically, you've got a lot of talented DBs coming in, guys with flexibility, whether it's safety or corner. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good class and, and it's a, with a lot of talent. And you see the kind of the, the train going. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they get more high-end blue-chip guys in the 2024 classes. The willingness to play freshman keeps paying off and keeps showing. Uh, you have that proof in the pudding, I think, is uh, is pretty important. All right. I think we're going to wrap up this blue-white breakdown. Johnny, I just got to tell you, though, as the uh, stadium continues to be renovated and we get closer to closer to what it's actually going to look like and maybe the potential for it to host 
concerts. I'm going to have this vision of you at a, at a concert, maybe a Taylor Swift concert at Beaver Stadium. Let's say 2026, maybe 2027. I don't know how long it's going to take. I would look forward to that. I know you would look forward to that. And hopefully the day is coming very quickly that Penn State will be known not only as a like a football mecca for the fan base, but also for a, a great place to go see a concert. Yeah, and look, I would love to see Liverpool play a preseason friendly, uh, you know, against whoever. I don't, I don't care. I went and saw them at, at Fenway Park. Uh, they played Sevilla there, and that was really cool. So, you know, fo- you know, soccer and football stadiums as as one offs uh, work. Um, I think you know you've seen it again. You saw it at the Big House, um, and I think that was a really cool experience for everyone who was there. So, give me Liverpool and Beaver Stadium, and I will be I will be a happy person. Excellent. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>